Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy you're here, that you're joining us on this journey. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. So we're talking rhythms, rhythms for life, because we know that rhythms are just absolutely critical to kind of survive today. Like if we don't have them, if we're not implementing them in our life, and if we're not intentional, then we can get a little stressed out, a little more anxious. And that's a lot of what we're trying to help create a conversation around so that we all can just get better at this because it's not easy. Right. Like this morning, now that we're in a new season with fall kicking in for the kids full-time, school work is ramping for us. I have to be honest, the last couple of weeks, my morning rhythms were squeezed out and I could tell my stress level was rising per the usual. And Gabe is always the first to pick up on that. So I said, starting, he even said to me last night, he's like, Hey, we're going to have to be so intentional about you doing your rhythms all the time, even when you don't feel like you have time to do it because that's when you need it the most. And so this morning at 6.15, I got up went for an hour walk because that helps me just kind of calm down, talk to God, prepare for the day, and it already helped. I know. It's just a it's a great way to start the day. And I think we're learning, too, which rhythms come easier for us because there's four. There's rest, restore, connect, and create. And so for each of us, depending on the season of life you're in, one of those might come easier. And one of the things we created together that you can take is a quiz that actually helps you discover What's your healthiest rhythm? So that you can know right away, like, this is the one I'm doing really well right now. And then also figure out some ways that you can improve on the other three. Right. Because we all have a dominant one that's probably in most wired for our personality. It's more effortless for us. And when you do have one that's strong, that's a great thing. But it also means that the other three are probably off balance. And the goal of this is to make sure you're not neglecting any of them. One can be super strong, but the other ones then need your attention. Yeah, and so it's 40 questions. You can get it at RebeccaLyons.com. Just go there, scroll down. You can start the quiz. It takes you probably five minutes. Simple questions, but pretty illuminating. For me, my number one rhythm that's healthiest is restore. So that's the physical. That's me working out. That's me getting outside in nature, playing golf, as we've talked about before. Lots of fun things there for me, but that means the other ones aren't happening maybe as much as they need to, so I'm starting to pay attention to that. I would say Restore actually has been more of a focus for you in the last few months, and you should probably explain why. Well, I pretty much had a health crisis a few months ago where basically figured out that I had a gallstone that was blocking my liver, and that's not a good thing to have, and you know it's not good when you wake up the next morning, you go in front of the mirror— you're putting on a white, crisp golf hat, and then you realize that you've turned yellow, Yes, right? I like, remember. You looked at me, and you're like, do I look more tan than usual? And I was like, well, your eyes are also yellow, so yes, <laughs> you do. And it was scary, too, because it happened quick. It happened real quick, and you were in a lot of pain. And that week, you were in and out of several ERs before we finally figured out this was yeah. this was a real problem. And so there's a longer story there that's kind of had an amazing ending, but part of it was me learning how to eat healthy again. It was me going back and rediscovering some things Rebecca has been urging me to do for a long time and I kind of would every now and then eat healthy and then stop. And and essentially this became an incredible catalyst for me to get healthy again and to get more healthy in what I eat, my exercise, all all of that. So that's part of probably why on the quiz Restore was my number one. Yeah. And for me, my number one in this last probably year and a half is rest. And that sounds crazy because sometimes one of my greatest 
challenges is sleeping fully through the night without interruption. But one thing I've learned about rest is it's more of a posture of rest, like just trusting that what needs to get done will get done and having to let it go at the end of the day. Like just just put a period at the end of the day and just be grateful. Yeah, even if everything's not scratched right. off the list, right? you're able to release it. So rest for me in that rhythm coming more naturally for me is more of a surrendered posture to like what's done is done <laughs> and what wasn't done will still be there tomorrow. It's okay. So for each of you who take this quiz, you might, you know, one might resonate more than the other, but it really was so helpful for me to go, okay, so for connect and create, it might seem like on a public perspective that create comes really naturally for me, but sometimes the creating piece can be more draining for me. And it's partly why I have to keep coming back to rest and restore. So we want you guys to have this experience for yourself through the quiz, take the 40 questions, learn where your strengths are, and then also learn how you can improve the other ones. So today, our interview really focuses in on this idea of rest and restore. I think those are the two areas. I mean, I got to interview Ben and Heather Crane, an amazing couple. Ben's a professional athlete. He's a PGA golfer, been on tour for 20 years, five-time PGA winner. And his wife, Heather, they've just been in this life together for many, many years and in the busiest of lives have had to try to figure out what are their rhythms. And they've been dear friends since we moved to Nashville. We've learned so much from them, actually, in the Rest and Restore category, especially Restore. And you're going to hear a lot about that today. But everything from gardening in their backyard to um, just how they plan and prep for meals. Heather is an incredible cook, and it might feel overwhelming for a lot of us of how do we cook healthy for our families? She gives real practical tips on this one, which I'm super grateful for. Um, Just ideas of what to make ahead, things that you can double up. And um, Ben has so many pointers that I love, too, on sleep, which, as you know, Gabe, I need all the time. And Ben, being a golfer, and I'm a golfer, it's pretty fun to talk to him about golf. He's helped my golf game a bit. But what I love about Ben is just how intentional his life is as a guy who has to live on the road quite a bit, has a family. You're going to hear more about their children, their current family situation. But it's, it's real to life. I mean, that's what most of you as listeners are dealing with. You are day in and day out busy. You're traveling. You're trying to manage multiple schedules. Maybe you have kids and you're like, how in the world do we do this? And so by getting to talk to a couple that has tried to figure this out, I thought it would inspire and encourage all of us. So let's just listen in now. You guys have a lot going on. And the people that are listening, you know, same thing. Everybody's life feels busy, feels like they probably have too much going on. And the question is, can I still get rhythms in place? Is it even possible to rest or to restore? How long ago for you did this start, Heather, where you were, you realized, you know what, if life's going to work for my family, we're going to have to have rhythms. Right. You know, early on, I recognized, even as a young mom, that um, I... I had to be careful with overscheduling, especially, you know, when Ben would come home. Um, he would come home exhausted, and I was, like, ready to, to go. Like, let's connect. Let's have friends over. Let's do things. I've been, you know, with these little ones. But I learned pretty early on that that just didn't work. And um, so I had to learn not only with respect to him and giving him space to rest and to regroup, but also as a family, I think um, – more than ever these days, we can get caught up in the game, you know, the activities, and so much of it is good. You know, youth group and church, and the list goes on and on, trying to serve as a family, and you name it. But you have to 
see your family's limits and you have to allow for downtime. You have to allow for your family to regroup and to just be together and to protect that time. It's not easy because we all love to say yes. Right. And and I think, Ben, you know, you've been playing golf your whole life, but a touring professional means weeks on end, you could be out traveling to different parts of the country around the world, and then you're back for a few days and then back out. And so you you have two different rhythms. You probably have a home rhythm, and then you have a like when I'm on the road rhythm. And I think, again, for people listening who travel a lot or they're in the same situation, spouses are out a lot, and they're trying to figure out how to balance all this, this is going to be super helpful. But I, I want to jump into like the first rhythm we talk about that's so important, which is rest. What does rest look like for you? What are some of the practices you put into place and specifically, you know, morning routine. Like what does a morning routine look like? Well, one of the things that I've learned and Heather and I have kind of figured out together is that I'm realizing obviously it's more important for me to be in the word and have time than it is for me to eat, right? As an athlete, I have this internal motor going that I always have to be taking care of my body. What's going in my body? Um, how's that going to affect everything? And at the in the back of my mind is always, how is that going to affect my sleep? Because sleep is like, there's a TED talk about sleep that talks about if humans have like one superpower, it's sleep. So you need to like protect it and guard it. And it's, you know, when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to performance, like the number one thing that's going to determine your performance is sleep. Wow. That's so amazing. It, it really is amazing. And so we have to guard that and protect that with everything we got. And then we really need to, I think about my dinner you know, what time I'm eating, what I'm eating, you know, because that affects my rest and my rest affects everything. Yeah. Let's get into sleep a little bit more. Cause this is something we're seeing now dramatically. There's, there's a rise in just insomnia and people having to medicate to sleep. So talk to us about what are the rhythms we can have in place that will help us have a restful night. So blue light is what we get from our phone, which is which is good, and it helps us wake up in the morning, right? Where we get it from the morning sun. But when we're putting it in our eyes at night, that's actually um, shutting off something in our brain that's saying that it's time to sleep. Whereas the evening sun is giving us that red light where it's telling our brain that now it's okay to shut down. And, and so that's a big piece of sleep is not being on a device late. And TV, you know, we're getting these, you know, these lights from TV and from these screens. And then we try to lay down and shut it off. And it just, it doesn't work. We've already told our brain, no, it's daytime. So it's very important to be getting sunlight. First of all, uh, sunlight is such a huge thing early morning and in the evening, like taking a walk in the evening and getting, letting that evening sun hit you. Um, I travel with a, a red light machine um, called Juve, J-O-O-V-E, um, that gives me some of that red light that helps produce melatonin. Melatonin is the number one thing that um, helps us uh, in our sleep. Now, is the number of hours you sleep equate to whether you're rested or are different? I've heard different people, you know, six hours and I'm fully rested. And then others say, no, you absolutely need eight hours. What What is that like for you guys? So it's interesting. I think how Ben said, you know, your rest sets you up for, for everything else. You know, I have heard the most important hours of sleep are 10 to 2. Um, for me personally, um, I need seven-ish hours. Um, I find that if I get too much sleep, I can be lethargic the next day. But there's definitely, I think you know when you haven't had enough too. And so part of getting to bed at 10 for us is trying to eat earlier. We have found that 
your body is um, when you the later you eat, the more it's working to digest and kind of harder to sleep. So it goes back to trying to eat at an earlier time. You know, we get the kids down, um, like say by nine, then there's no like binge watching Netflix in our house. Like there's just no time for TV. So we have maybe nine to 10 to connect. And then it's like lights out at 10 so that we can, like Ben said, set us up for the next day so that we can get up, hopefully have our quiet time. It's been a little tricky with the newborn. Ben is doing better with that right now than I am. But really, we find that, you know, if you don't get get that time in the morning, it just slips away the rest of the and day. And you're trying to do that when school's in. You're trying to get that before the kids are up. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it really, it, it's really all about, and, you know, your guys' um, four big topics, you know, to rest, restore, connect, and create. It just, to me in my life, we've just found it just does not happen. I can't get you know, even to restore or to connect or to create if I'm not rested. And so everything I'm doing is to protect that rest and that sleep. And so I'm always, that's always in the back of my mind. And so one of the things we do is we obviously try to eat early. We try to eat as a family when we can. Um, one of the pillars of health that my friend is going through some health training has talked about, one of the, the, the 10 pillars of health is home cooking. Hmm. And that we see that. Right, yeah. we see the value in that. We see the families that are cooking from home and are eating at home, are families that we admire and that are really um, thriving. You know, as a unit, yeah. As opposed to the ones who are scrambling and eating out a lot, right? And Heather, you are an amazing cook. We've we've benefited so much from <laughs> any time Heather invites you over for dinner, you say yes because you know it's going to be healthy, organic. Well, but taste just amazing. Thank you. And, you know, again, that comes to the word intentionality. Yeah, there are some times when I'm able to really put some time into it, but then there's a lot of times where it's just let's do quick and easy. And there's certainly ways you can do that. Um, it just takes planning ahead. It just takes, uh, you know, making your grocery list and knocking it out for the week. There's plenty. So of- what is that? Sunday you're making a grocery? T- tell us how you do a grocery list. For yeah. The week. So what I do is I I have um, accumulated my favorite recipes, or maybe I get some emails of some ones I want to try, and I sit down and I make a list. And I try to do it in order of the grocery store. You know, I keep the produce items and the meat and all of that. And I really try to line it up for the week. And so what I do is when I'm making a recipe, I try to double it. You know, I try to let it feed us for a couple days. Ben eats uh, ravenously. It's hard to keep up with him. So it's a constant. If it's healthy, you can eat as much as you want. Well, Ben famously shows up at the golf course. You know, a lot of other guys, you know, they're playing golf. They're grabbing drinks off the snack cart. They're stopping at nine, going in and grabbing lunch. And he shows up with baggies of food that he's brought that's like veggies. And he's just got like a full stock on him all the time that's, of healthy food. That's it. I've got last night's dinner in a glass container um, with, you know, with my reverse osmosis water, right? And I mean, like, I'm right. not going to go into the clubhouse and eat, uh, you know, a preservative, you know, turkey sandwich, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. Anyway, so yeah, always, uh, always try to travel with my own food that my wife has made. One, one more thing I wanted to say on, on sleep and rest is that one of the things about dinner is that if we're eating things that are hard to digest, or if our belly is working late at night, then our body can't truly rest. And so it's so important. Um, breakfast is means that we're breaking the fast, right? And fasting is one of the best things we can do with our body. It actually makes us go faster. And so that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our body 
is rest from food. And so when we do break that fast, we have to be careful with what we break it with. But eating at night, something that is very easy to digest and eating earlier is better. So your stomach, your gut, you know, because disease comes from the gut, right? And so we have to protect our gut, right, with everything. So Dr. Josh Axe, draxe.com is a great resource for gut health. Um, He has a book called Eat Dirt. He talks about the gut and there's all different types of guts you can have and how to heal your gut, um, how to take care of your gut, what is right for you. It's been such a great resource. He's a great friend too and an amazing person. So, Well, and as we talk about food, I mean, moving into the restore rhythm physically, it involves what we're eating and putting into our bodies, working out, how we exert ourselves, how we build strength, muscle. But you're one of the first people who I ever heard, you know, we were sitting around eating one day and I think you pulled out a walnut or something and you said, what does this look like? You know, (laughs) and (laughs) it's exciting. Like when you have learned over the years, like what foods are actually good for, right? Like what does this food do to your body and what's God's purpose in it? Right. And so you look at celery and it looks like a bone. It breaks like a bone. It has the only type of salt that like hydrates your bones. You're like, Oh Lord, that is cool. Right. I mean, like, uh, coconuts, right, is like the greatest electrolyte, right? And and where are coconuts? In hot, tropical places where people like easily get dehydrated. And so God puts these coconuts in the trees. And it's like the most, it's a thousand times better than Gatorade. You know, like yeah. God does this and walnuts, they, what are they good for? Your brain, they look like your brain, you know, pecans. And there's all these amazing things that we can discover as we start to get into food, what they're good for and what they do to our body. And in different seasons, obviously, we're supposed to be eating with the seasons and what's coming off the land. And so, you know, one of the things we practically do is just try to buy, if it's if it's grown in the U.S., right, um, then we try to eat it. If it says Argentina or Chile, well, it's because their season is the opposite of ours, right? And it's probably been picked long before um, it was ripe. And, you know, it was ripened on a plane or a truck, you know, and so it's it's so important that you want um, fruit and vegetables that are picked when they're ripe and ready. Yeah, you know, and to eat those, that's where all the nutrients come from. So, um, yeah, to buy locally, and certainly if you can pull something off the vine and eat it, you know, we try to grow things at our house. You know, we just yeah, have, you have a garden, and I mean, so so Heather, let's talk a little bit about the food side because, you know, I went through my own sort of wake up call in the last six months related to my health, and you guys were a huge encouragement to me because I'm I'm going hey. I go to Whole Foods today, what should I buy? And and went through and you guys took pictures of buy this, buy that. And it was just so helpful. I've passed that along to several other people who've said the same thing. What what do you get? And it was there were some simple thoughts to how you think about your food shopping that allow us to differentiate between what's really good for us, even if it's in a package, and what's not. How can listeners sort of learn from your patterns on when you go shopping at a store? First of all, I think it's important to have a plan because there are many times Ben goes to Whole Foods and has a heyday and it's like, well, what's for dinner? It's like the most exciting place <laughs> in the world to me. I, I could spend hours in Whole Foods. So I really, I'm a big fan of the plan. Um, but it's like what we try to teach our children. Like the more natural the food, the better it is. Like if it grows, it's so good for you. You can have as much of that as you want. Obviously, we would like to be more plant-based. It's a challenge, I will say that, to keep these bellies full without the meat. It's just it's just such a boost of protein that kind of lasts, you know, carries them longer. So you want the things that 
are grown on a plant, not the things that are made in a plant. There you right. go. That's that simple. <laughs> and so when I think about meals, um, one of the easiest breakfasts I do are overnight oats. So that's just easy, equal parts milk and oats. I do coconut milk because it's really filling. And you add a little peanut butter, honey, and you let that sit in the fridge. The next morning, you add some fresh fruit, some peaches, a little more honey, and you're good to go. So it can be easy. There are mornings that I spend a lot more time. I'll do a frittata or I've got this eggs in purgatory that's delicious. It's just tomatoes, crushed sauce, and all you do is pop the eggs in little holes and bake it till it's Mm. done. What I really try to think about is when I'm going to make the effort to cook, number one, I I want it to fill them up. That's why I don't do a whole lot of baking because it's like I don't want to waste my time on something that isn't really going to help fix their hungry bellies. Mm -hmm. And then I also try to think about, you know, how, like I say, how it can last, how we can make it go a couple days. If I'm going to go to the bother of roasting a chicken, I'm going to roast two or three so that we have the meat and I can use that in different dishes or that he can just pick it when he's hungry. You know, having things ready to go, like just ahead of time, sweet potatoes. You can just heat those up and add a little bit of black beans. And and I like uh, love Tillamook cheddar cheese. And there's yeah. a meal. Just yeah. having things ready to go so that you're not waiting until you're hungry and then you're desperate and then you go for anything. So it could seem like you might spend hours every day in the kitchen trying to do this, but practically you're trying to be strategic and invest ex- one day, a couple exactly, hours. How, exactly. how much time? When I, I try to carve out maybe an hour to... Um, every few days and make things in advance and then we're good to go. See, that's totally doable. It is. It it breaks it down, but you guys are almost hardly ever eating out and and it's because you've planned well, Mm -hmm. good shopping list, good strategy, good recipes, and double the recipe. Another easy thing is salmon. Salmon is so easy. I've been baking it lately at a low temperature, 275 for 30 minutes. It comes out perfect. And then you can just throw, I did a mango salsa. You can throw uh, just ghee and salt. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk about easy and healthy. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about the physical side, Ben. I mean, as an athlete, professional athlete over 20 years, that's a really long career. And you don't go that long in any professional sport without working through a lot of physical challenges. And the older you get, I'm sure you feel it more and more. At least I do. And what is that physical regimen like for you? What is what does a typical week look like working out? How many times are you trying to get that heart rate up? You know, is that part of your sport with golf or is it not as important? And there's some other things that you're trying to work on. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the number one thing for my sport is mobility and preventing yourself from injury, from major injury. And so within that, right, water is arguably the most important thing um, that we can do all day long. Someone once told me that if you hold water up to the light, to the sun, what do you see? A rainbow. Yeah. And that's because it's, it's showing you that water is basically everything that you need in your body. I've also heard that um, a lot of times when you think you're hungry, you're really thirsty. Hmm. So just to constantly drink water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like if if you're a coffee drinker, just drink water first, right? If you're gonna have um, a glass of wine or anything, just just make sure you're hydrated before you do it, right? We don't want to put anything in our bodies when we're not hydrated, right? And then you don't want to really drink while you eat because. There's about a thousand things that happen in your mouth when you're chewing food. And if you start 
dumping water on top of that, you're diluting that. And that a lot of that needs to go around your food while it's in your gut. I've never heard that before. <laughs> so awesome. So you want to wait, if you can, um, about 15 minutes until you eat. So drink before and then go ahead and eat and then wait. Let, let your body process the food before you start drinking water again. Another little thing I just want to say that Josh has really helped me with is oils. Be paying attention to the oils. Like there's healthy oils and there's terrible oils. And even Whole Foods, like you go through the hotline and they use a lot of canola oil. You don't want canola oil. You want coconut oil. You want grapeseed oil, avocado oil. Olive oil is good, but it's heavy. So depending on your gut, depending on your body, I've actually stripped out ghee butter, which is so good for you, which is amazing, but it's a heavy oil and that's very hard on my liver. Um, and so once I stripped that out, I noticed my gut started like completely settling and everything just got, got better. So oils is a big thing to pay attention to. And the other thing I want to say is ingredients. Like the best thing you can eat has one ingredient, an apple. How many ingredients? One, right? <laughs> right. Avocado, one, right? I mean, so you want to be eating the things with the fewest amount of ingredients. My favorite chips that I sent a picture and sent you is those Jackson Honest chips, right? It's a potato. It's a purple potato. It's coconut oil, which is a great oil, and it's sea salt. Yeah, right? simple. Super and simple. That's been so helpful for me. You're like three ingredients or less, and if you don't understand what you're reading, if it looks like an acid or a chemical... It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. That's right. It was made in a plant. Right. It's not a plant. That's right. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about connection because I know this has been a big part. And we, we didn't talk about this in the rest, but Rebecca, she writes about the idea of taking inventory as an important part of rest where you kind of are assessing your own life. Where do you sit right now as you look at the year ahead? goals. I know for you, this has become a very big part of your rhythm mm. as an athlete, but also as a husband and as a father to do a retreat with where you get a few men together and you guys go deep into thinking about not only how your golf's going to play out for the next year, but also who you're becoming. How important has that been in sustaining health for you? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been huge. And it's also, um, so I do something called a life plan and I've been doing it with um, about eight or 10 guys. And so we go through our life plan and in that life plan is our health, where we're at and where we wanna go, getting some clarity there, our family, and then break down family into each child. And um, and then what are some asks? Um, you know, I ask Heather, what are some things that you would like to see in me? What are some things I'm doing maybe that I, you would like me to stop? Whatever it is, so get some you know, clarity on that on a date or something. Service, what are the things we're doing to serve? Um, and so we like to, serve the homeless, um, just try to give our kids a, a sense of that. We try to take a mission trip um, every two or three years to, to serve. And then friends, like, you know, friends, what, what, what friends am I trying to be intentional with? Gabe, you're one of the best I've ever seen at just in being intentional with your friends and just um, caring for them. Um, and so that's and really inspired me. And so, yeah, it's like taking a, a survey of the land. We have seven different um, categories and um, we can send you a, a, a mock-up um, life plan. But the thing that's interesting about my life plan and what I've found over the years is that, yes, I can, I can look at this life plan. I'm like, man, I am dominating. But without deep connection with 
my wife and with my friends and going below the line, so to speak, of like really letting them know what's going on inside of me and just being honest about places I'm struggling. Without that, I find myself in this performance, you know, hamster wheel that is, um, it just takes my breath away. Like I can't quite catch my breath. And the sport that you're in, I mean, being any professional athlete, performance becomes everything. I Identity. mean, you're paid by performance. It's everybody's relating doing statistical to analysis by performance. Yeah, everyone's relating to you through this performance. Yeah, you know, so it's very tough with the identity and that, and you know, because I haven't played as well the last few years as I did the first fifteen years. I mean, talk about like, it's been so amazing. Heather and I are closer than we've ever been because um, through some counseling. Um, with our mutual friend Jack, you know, that I've actually gone home and told Heather, you know what? I am scared to death about these things. And what if I'm not playing anymore? What if I'm not performing? What if, and not about, you know, finances and all that, which is, which is important, but, but just me, like, who am I? And Heather, what, what has that meant to you to have been, again, incredible athlete performing his whole life, but going through a season where he started to to get deeper into just his heart and letting you into some of these deep hidden thoughts that he probably tried to just hide because he, he didn't want to think about it much, but then to let you into that, what has that done for your connection? Well, I mean, I would have to say that Ben is very relational to begin with, very um, extroverted, communicative. You know, I'm more the one that would kind of hold it in. Bottle it up. Yeah. So, I mean... I would say it helped in a healthy way, whereas before he would be very um, irritable and agitated and try to kind of cover it up, even though it was so obvious. Mm -hmm. But working with Jack, I think, really helped him to be able to really take a sober look at his heart and just, just communicate it in a more healthy way that allowed us to... You know, I don't. I didn't feel like I had to fix it anymore. I could just listen. That's all he really wanted to do was share his heart. Yeah. And um, it gave us both a lot of peace. Like, okay, this is where we're at. Yeah. You know, both of us would like it to be different, but I think that that's what the Lord has really taught us. Yeah. That we can find joy in the tension of the circumstance. And and let's talk about the gift that's happened over these last few months in your own life, where you're at a stage of life where a lot of people are starting to count the days towards being empty nesters. I know Rebecca and I were going through that cycle a couple of years ago. We've had conversations about the risk of like another child potentially coming to the family. And for the last couple of years, I know that's just been a serious pursuit for you to figure out, should we or shouldn't we? And tell us what you've recently did. Right. And so... You know, it's a journey that everyone's story is different. Um, I started, I did a jail ministry in Dallas for a couple of years that really opened my eyes to just women who are desperate, who, who might not have had a fair chance. And that opened my eyes to the problem of just fatherless children. And that opened my eyes to the need for fostering and adoption and all of those things that come with that. And so we have thrown the idea around for a while, but basically, I could tell, you know, I think with any big decision a couple makes, there's one person that kind of leads the way, and that was definitely me. Um, I was like, you know, I love being a mom, and I feel like we have so much to share. It's it's almost like if we can't do it, who can? You know, we have our kids are thriving. We have space. We have room. We have resources. We have supportive friends, everything. 
um, that you could ask for to bring a new child into this situation. So I moved towards it. Ben dug his heels a little bit, um, definitely going back seven years, you know, our youngest being seven. But I, I let him make the final decision. I really said, you know, this is this is what I want to do. I think it's what the Lord is calling us to, but you're the man of the house, and I trust you. And so I'm going to let you sort of make that final call. So um, how, and, how was that? Ben? And that was a little pressure like, there. Yeah, I mean, but but such a gift of biblical marriage. And um, I mean, I get choked up just just hearing her say that because that's exactly what happened. Is she said, I am all in. I believe the Lord is calling us to this, but my, I, I trust you, you're going to lead. And so I desperately went to a friend's house and I said, I have to make a decision today. Like, I need to hear from the Lord today if we're going to do this. And he asked me a few questions, one of which was, if this gets really difficult, will this come between you and Heather? And I was like, no, I think it would, I think we would rely on each other more. Has this always been on your heart? Is this, this is a good thing. Adoption is a good thing, but is it your thing? Are you called to this? Yes, I always feel like we've been called to this. And then we went to a passage in Isaiah 43, which is the reason why his name is Isaiah Crew Crane, um, and where it says, Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, it says, I knew you before you were born. I knew your name, right? And though you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And it was like, and, and I, had, I have adopted you. Mm-hmm. I have called you. And it's mm-hmm. like, it reminds me of my adoption. Mm-hmm. What did I do to earn it? What did Crew do to earn his adoption? Right? It's a gift. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's just reminded me of how the Lord has cared for me and how he's adopted me. And so it's been such a gift to our family. And then to watch our kids rally around him and all that. It's been a really, really sweet season. Yeah, and I think as we're the bigger context here of these rhythms, you probably wouldn't have imagined a way to do this if you didn't already have some sense of rhythms in your life. And I know for Rebecca and I, that was a huge part of being able to even open our eyes towards adoption was just knowing like it's going to require this structure. But we started to live in such a way where we thought, you know what, we could there's an abundance here. Like there is room for more and God's going to give us what we need to make up the difference. And it probably is going to really be hard a lot of times. And there's some other paths you could go down that seem more comfortable or pleasurable, but it was like an invitation into something that's going to ultimately grow us, sanctify us. And in in my world, I just feel like probably the most important thing we'll ever do. Yeah. I mean, you all have been such an example to us and we, we have look to you guys and gosh what a what a joy it is now to be walking this journey together and it, it's hard um to say the least but you're right the sanctification process in it and the closeness we feel as a family is second to none and i would just add to that it i thought like i could have we could have played it safe things were getting pretty easy <laughs> we were on on cruise control but I feel like when you do that, you don't allow space for the Lord to move and work in your life. It's kind of like you're cutting him off. And so I would encourage, you know, anyone that's thinking about doing something a little out there outside the, their box, a little risky, to go for it because that's when you experience God and his power. Yeah. And I think most people there's that fear of just we're adding more in, it's going to create more anxiety, more pressure, more stress. And, and while some of that's true, it also forces new rhythms. You can't live that way anymore. It does. It, it Heather and I talked a lot about that, that, you know what, we're going to have to give up some things. And every kid 
is going to have to give up part of their life for this. They're going to have to, we're going to have to do less. But in doing less, right, we'll be together more. And we know that, you know, for it is better to serve than be served, right? And so, yeah, we're, we're asking our seven-year-old, hey, we need you to pick up more around the house. We need you to, you know, do the dishes. And we need you also to be able to make yourself breakfast. And we can't always get to you. And so it's required more of all of our kids, and they're all actually thriving more because of it. Because when we take responsibility, we grow and we develop resilience. And we're, we've had the same thing with our kids. We need you to do more. And they feel a little bit of pressure that, but then you start to see them thrive and realize, oh, I can do this. I don't need mom and dad to make my lunch for me or my breakfast. I can learn how to flip a fried egg. Yeah. So. Sailor did it this morning. She's going to second grade. I didn't even ask her. I went out there and she's scrambling eggs. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, you guys, you are an inspiration to the Lions family. But now I think there's so many other couples and families who you're helping by giving us the practical ways to try to live this out in a world that's kind of crazy, there's chaos, there's a lot happening, and the way you define it and the way you so intentionally have tried to structure your life around it, I think is very transferable. So really excited for more and more people to get to know you both, and thank you guys for your friendship, and thank you for living a life that inspires so many. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Love you. Wasn't that the best interview? I learned so much listening back. I've listened to it a couple times now and taken notes because there's so many practical applications. One of my favorites was how we are so prone to have our phones at night, do a final scroll of Instagram before we go to sleep. But the blue light that comes off our phone actually is telling us to wake up, which is similar to what the sunrise, the natural sunrise is a blue light that tells us to wake up. So God's like, I'm going to give you a blue light, but it can't be at night. <laughs> but Ben also suggested if you take a walk at sunset outside, the red light that comes from a sunset is natural melatonin for your body. That just kind of blew my mind. And that's something that now we're going to have to get outside at night too. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I mean, Heather's advice for working parents, for families that are big like ours, where you're trying to figure out how do we eat healthy anymore? There's so much competition for just quick, convenient eating, and it's just hard to cook. But I thought she had some great practical tips that we're already trying to implement. Right. I loved her idea of overnight oats, just something the night prior that can be ready in the morning real quick. Just give it to the kids, even if they have to eat it on the way out the door or doubling the recipe. That inspired me because I don't do that very often. I don't think ahead. I just get enough for that one meal. So I'm going to try that one too. Yeah. And so as you're hearing Ben and Heather talk about their rhythms, I just want to remind you, take the quiz. Go to RebeccaLyons.com. Scroll down. You'll see where you can start the quiz on how well you're managing your stress and anxiety. Figure out which of these rhythms is coming most naturally for you. And then when you do that and you pre-order Rebecca's book, Rhythms of Renewal, you'll also be given this guide called Taking an Inventory of Your Life Guide. And it, it helps you walk through all four and, and really take a moment, take 15 minutes and kind of evaluate how can I improve in this one this week? And that becomes a very practical roadmap for how we can get healthy and we can start using all these rhythms right. in our life. It's a 14-page guide. You don't have to go through it all in one day. You can take some time, get with your spouse or your kids, and just even get their suggestions on things that help them strengthen their own rhythms. Because it's not just for you. It's for your, for your people and your family. And one thing we've learned, Gabe and I together, is that I can have a rhythm, but it really has to work and he can have a rhythm, but it has to work within our family. And what is our family rhythm? And so it's created a lot of fun conversation with our kids on how we can be intentional 
in what we eat or how active we are or how we're connecting and then obviously how we're creating some things for the world. So thanks again for just being on this journey with us as we keep learning together and trying to figure out how to incorporate these rhythms into our life. We're so excited you're here. Invite your friends and we'll see you next week.